Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Grimaldi's Pizzeria, home of the famous New York-style coal-fired brick oven pizza. It's time for JT The Brick. JT, the man, the myth, the legend. It's amazing some of the dummies that follow me. I don't know. No one knows. Whenever we crack a microphone, we're one of 32 NFL teams with the flagship station. I expect everyone to talk about the Raiders every day when I have a Raiders topic. I talk sports for a living. I don't do clown radio. We do sports. Stick to sports? Yeah, I kind of believe in sports. Sticking to sports normally works. People are going to go and buy tickets to come into our building because it's the best time in all of football. Now I got your attention. JT the Brick. I don't want to hear about the work in progress. Got to win this game. That is bleeping real right now. Everybody gets the full playbook. You run the playbook faster. The plays get in and out of the huddle quicker. And you run the plays like you ran in Henderson. And you run them to perfection in the game. Do we all agree? Fair enough? Woo! And now. It's Captain Obvious crap. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, hour number two. And we're live on YouTube. We got 106 people in the live stream. I guess that number's pretty good. Appreciate everybody who now can watch the show when I set this up. I figured out all the buttons now so we can be live as we are broadcasting the show. And we're going to take this live stream, I think the Radio Row. I think I know how to set up the buttons to do that too. Uh, Radio Row starts Monday. For those who know sports radio, you know what that is. It's chaos. Most of the sports radio stations in America come to one spot. And it's basically just a cattle call to try to get anybody you can get on the radio. This will be my 26th, so I think we got some good connections. Going to have some really good interviews with Hall of Famers. We're lining them up. But, you know, 15 years ago, 10 years, 10 years ago, I was racing to get everybody. Now we're kind of at a cool spot where we can pick and choose who we're going to get and get some good people on that will add some news to the show. And we'll take you behind the scenes there. Also, Monday, Tuesday of next week, I'll be broadcasting from 4 to 7 p.m. from the big stage of Sirius XM, Mad Dog Sports Radio. So I'll be double dipping on Monday and Tuesday. And then a week from tomorrow, next Friday, we're live from Cafe Americano. And that's right outside Caesars' front entrance. So if you're getting to Caesars Palace, where Evil Knievel, raise your hand and beep your horn if you remember Evil Knievel. He jumped over the fountains. If you're looking at the fountains, Cafe Americano is right over there. To the left, we're outside. I can't wait for that. That's brought to you by Modelo and our friends at Cafe Americano. Uh, That's pretty good there. I'm getting a lot of rapid fire here. I told everybody I'd do rapid fire right out of the gate. Hit me up because we're going to be able to do this in the chat. And if I see something here, we'll just run through. Uh, Michael S. says, Tannehill, Russell Wilson, or Minshew? Minshew, he went to the Pro Bowl. Who do I like for the Raiders? Excuse me? Tannehill, Russell Wilson, or Minshew? Justin Fields. Being honest with you, if Russell Wilson is 30 cents on the dollar, then you know maybe a Russell Wilson deal. Uh, JT, any chance Hugh Jackson comes back as OC? I don't know. I wasn't there for the meeting. I'm sure he did real well. Shout out to Hugh Jackson. I don't know if that was a courtesy interview. Or he's in the final three or four. No one knows. Nobody knows. Uh, another one. Odds of Russell Wilson to the Raiders. Ooh, that's a good one. We said we'd be honest with all this. Odds of Russell Wilson to the Raiders? Uh, why doesn't the question say odds of Sierra? coming? <laughs> doesn't Sierra want to be a lounge singer here? Or a residency? You know, back in the old days of Vegas, they had the big act that was in the main ballroom. 
you know, the main, which we would now call an arena. And then in the front, they had the lounge jack. So all the big stars, Sinatra, the Rat Pack, they had someone in the front of the house. That's how Don Rickles got his start. That's how a lot of great singers, Dion Warwick, got their start in the front of the house. If Sierra came to Vegas, she'd be a big star. She's a good, solid performer. She's not Beyonce. First Taylor Swift mentioned, she's not Taylor Swift. And I think that every wife of a star athlete would love to live in beautiful Red Rock or in the depths of Henderson in an estate. You tell me one NFL wife who wouldn't want to move to Las Vegas and live on a cliffside in Henderson, looking back at the city or in the ridges in Summerlin and have a private limo take them to their residency. So when it comes to Russell Wilson, I'm not going to touch that one because I'm assuming his wife would really like him to come to Las Vegas. I don't know. He's a culture guy. The one good thing I say about Russell Wilson to everyone, he's got a Walter Payton patch. On his jersey. Don't ever tell me Russell Wilson isn't a good teammate or a bad guy. Stop. The guy, the guy played in two Super Bowls. Oh, this is the anniversary today of him throwing. I think it was, I don't, don't, don't quote me, nine year, whatever it was. He threw the interception at the goal line. Where would Russell Wilson be today if Malcolm Butler didn't jump that route and he threw an interception at the two-yard line where Marshawn Lynch should have got the ball first and goal and ran it in? Marshawn Lynch could have won the MVP. He could have had those glory moments. He didn't. And the Seahawks would have two Super Bowl championships. Two Super Bowl championships. Jason Downs says, JT, I think Fields needs some leadership guidance. Devontae and Max can help him. He played at the highest level in college. He's a great top pick. I don't know how much leadership he needs. I'm out here in Justin Fields driving around getting DUIs and getting into barroom fights. That's what people used to say about Baker Mayfield. Remember that? He wears a hat on backwards. Oh, Baker sucks because he, why? He doesn't get into fights. He got in one fight in Oklahoma. He ran from the cops once. Raise your hand in college if you ever ran from the cops. I'd say me about 11 times. Baker did it once. I did it 11 times in college. And Baker did it once, and everybody wanted to throw Baker out of the league. Is Baker Mayfield a viable option, JT? That comes in. Yeah, I think so. I think Tampa Bay is going to re-sign Baker. I think the Baker's a good fit, and Tampa deserves to sign him first because they seem like he's a good fit with what they have here. Uh, JT, who do you want as the next OC? Want? I don't want anybody. I'm not the guy who says want. I like Alex Van Pelt a lot. I've covered his whole career. We have mutual friends. I, I think that Cliff Kingsbury would be fantastic because he's a former head coach. I like former head coaches in a building. A former head coach, Tom Coughlin, Marvin Lewis, Cliff Kingsbury. I like that formula with a brand-new head coach after getting rid of the interim tag. But, you know, I, I think that waiting for Kubiak could be the play. I was talking to Q about it in the hallway uh, before the top of the hour here. Kubiak, the Raiders could be waiting for Kubiak. They're not telling me that, but Kubiak's going to be coaching here in the Super Bowl, and that could be the guy the Raiders wanted all along. We'll see if that happens. Steve Riley says, does Belichick take a complete year off of football? If so, will it be even harder to get back in? Oh, my head's going to pop. My head's going to pop on that one. It's a good question. Is Belichick going to take a year off? Yeah, he's got to. No one chose him. Bill Belichick now must take a year off because no one was smart enough to give him the head coaching job. So Belichick's been, I think, embarrassed. I mean, highly embarrassed. Bill Belichick. How dare the league? The owners. This is a shout out to the owners. Not Mark Davis because he had his guy in house. 
the owners in this league, from Arthur Blank to the new ownership in Washington to the ownership in Seattle to the Chargers, who got their guy Jim Harbaugh, how dare they embarrass Bill Belichick this way? They did. I haven't seen this much other than Bruce Bochy, as we said in the first hour of the show. So we'll see what happens with Belichick. I think that Belichick next year will be the lead candidate to take the Buffalo Bills job or the New York Giants job if either one of those coaches fail. Let me repeat that again. Belichick to the Bills or the New York Giants if one of those teams screws up. Brian Dayball will be out for Belichick because Miss Tamara loves Belichick. And I think Buffalo, who's that close with Josh Allen, Josh Allen, who feels like a young Tom Brady-type player, if Belichick can get Josh Allen there. But if McDermott goes back to the playoffs in the AFC Championship game, uh, they're not going to be able to fire him. Glenn Harrison says Belichick's personality doomed him. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. No, you don't have to have a great personality to be a head coach. I think what doomed Belichick was the fact that he wanted all the power. I think he wants to come in as the GM, the de facto leader of the team. And he shouldn't. He should just say, hey, I'll be the head coach, hire some young 40-year-old guy to pick the players, and I'll coach him up. But maybe Belichick doesn't have to do that. And AP64 Impala says, do we have our daily update on Hugh Jackson from Hardcore Radio yet? No, I do not. I do not have an update on that. See, that's what happens with chat rooms. In chat rooms, people make internet friends. That's what's cool about this as we're up to 125 in our live stream, that people make friends on the internet. Be careful with the kids. The kids, but grown adults can make friends and be football fans here on the internet. All right, a little bit of sound that we'll play here at the top of the hour. First, uh, Adam Schefter. Adam Schefter on the coaching carousel from earlier. The Seahawks, led by their general manager, John Schneider, were willing to wait to talk to Mike McDonald until after the Ravens season ended, meaning that if the Baltimore Ravens had won in the division or the conference championship round on Sunday against Kansas City, I, I think that they might have extended their search to after the Super Bowl because that's how much they wanted to talk to, meet with, and were interested in Mike McDonald. And so they met with him the day after the game. They fly him out the next day. They wasted no time. Washington also had a certain level of interest in Mike McDonald, who was, by the way, a finalist in Tennessee, in Carolina. People in Atlanta were highly impressed. Like, the interesting thing is when you talk to these teams about these candidates, they really all loved Mike McDonald. He stood out to them. Be really, the Seahawks got to be really excited about that because they get a guy that Adam Schefter said several other teams wanted. I don't know much about Mike McDonald, but his defense is really good. Seattle tends to like defensive coaches. Seattle had an opportunity to wait for an offensive head coach, and they went with someone from the Ravens they believe will bring that culture in a division that has the 49ers and the Rams, high-flying teams that like to pass the ball there. But if enough people say that this young coach is going to be that good at the high level, you know, I wish him well unless he plays the Raiders. But that, to me, was a little bit outside the box. I, I thought all along that Dan Quinn was going to get the Seattle job until Dallas had a bad playoff game. Dan Quinn gets the commander's job. Ian Rappaport from earlier today on Dan Quinn going to D.C. Quinn, who really was a top candidate along with Ben Johnson for the commanders all along. He has improved. He has gotten better. He's learned a lot since his last stint as a head coach. Obviously, what he did with the Cowboys defense, save for the last game, really impressive this year. But so much of this 
is about leadership. It is about pairing a first-time GM with a veteran head coach. That is what Washington gets. Now, the Cowboys have an opening at defensive coordinator. I would also expect, as colleague Steve Weiss mentioned, Joe Witt to go with Dan Quinn as the defensive coordinator. He is currently Cowboys' secondary coach, but now a new opening in Dallas as well. That's another interesting point. So you hire Dan Quinn. He steals away from Jerry Jones, a defensive back coach, and everybody's getting purged from the Ravens. Fortunately for the Raiders, they've kept most of this coaching staff. Champ Kelly retained as an assistant. Doesn't seem to be a lot of chaos, but whoever the Raiders hire as offensive coordinator, that gentleman's going to bring, I would think, three or four coaches with them right out of the gate because they're going to get rewarded with raises and they're going to have bigger jobs than they had with other teams. So I think that's really important here as we get going. So that's some of the sound as we continue on as we open up this hour. If you want to get uh, through 702-365-9200, 702-365-9200 as we continue on. Oh, we have the Bo Nix sound. Bo Nix, this is interesting, that came from the I, I think this is important. Bo Nix, did he have a good day or not? Is he in Rappaport? Was this, who was this, Danny, coming from here? Um, okay. Let's play the sound of Bo Nix coming in from earlier today. Bo is someone who started 61 games in college, which sounds crazy to say. Uh, why the decision to play in this game to make it 62, and what are you hoping to get out of this week? Well, I felt it was just important to get in front of some people and make relationships, and, and uh, it was another chance, another opportunity to go out there and play football, which I love doing, and another chance to grow and learn. Um, you know, we're filled with scheme this week, and so I'm allowed to, you know, learn a new offense and, you know, learn how to attack a defense again, and uh, also to be around Michael and Sam and the rest of the quarterbacks here, and then, you know, like I said, compete against great competition at practice, uh, high-level talent, um, and just, you know, speed up the game for me. All right, so that's Bo Nix with Daniel Jeremiah, who's really good and good at evaluating just everybody there. So that's what happens with Bo Nix. Vinny Bonsignor will be joining us at about 135, 140 as we wrap up the show, and he'll give us his opinion on how Penix or Bo Nix went. We did that yesterday on the show. I'm not down there at the Senior Bowl. Who would I rather have, Bo Nix or Michael Penix? Great question. I'd rather have Penix because I think he'd be better for Devontae on the deep ball. I think Devontae and Trey Tucker, if they're going to have a rookie quarterback, I want the best deep ball thrower. That's a good topic that I'm happy just hit me and struck me like lightning in the studio. If the Raiders are going to get a rookie quarterback high in the first 13 picks, I want the deep ball thrower who can throw it deep. That's it. Anybody can throw it underneath and check down. We don't need another check down guy here. We don't need a third and 11 guy. Oh, I'm going to get going here. Let me stand up in the studio. I'll, I'll, I'll get up. There. Let, me, let me get this off my chest. I'm done checking down. I'm done. No more. I'm a season ticket holder. Third and 11. Don't feel like 11 yards is Mount Everest. I'm sick of it. Jim Plunkett didn't. Plunkett pulled me aside decades ago and said, third and whatever, you throw it to the sticks. Gannon was the sharpest I've ever seen at it. Gannon was amazing. You think Rich Gannon on third and 14 was going to check down? Unless Charlie Garner had a wide open, you know, just a perfect play, Gannon threw to the sticks. Derek was a very good quarterback with the Raiders. Derek was very, very good. Not elite, but Derek was getting to elite. When Derek checked down, it was troublesome to me because Derek could run. 
Derek didn't run enough. And after the broken ankle leg, he was done running, unless it was really, really important on a specific play. Aiden O'Connell is not able to run. Aiden O'Connell is not able to run at a level where he can run 14 yards and die for a first down. You know who I thought was really good at it last year? Jimmy Garoppolo. Week one in Denver. Closed out the game on a run and slide inbounds. I said, man, look at Jimmy. Jimmy can run. When he's healthy, he can run, but he's never healthy, which is unfortunate. So I don't want to see checkdowns because it's embarrassing to me as a fan this long in my life when people are afraid to throw it 10 yards. Third and 23, throw it up. Treat it like a punt. Third and 20, hope for a flag. All these refs do is throw flags. All they do is throw flags. Third and 23, okay, there's down and distance. You maybe check down. You get 11 yards. It helps you. I get it. But overall, this organization needs an OC Who's going to say third and 11? <laughs> no problem. I got Trey Tucker on a 12-yard out route. I got Devontae over the middle, but I'm not going to throw it to Devontae seven yards. I'm going to wait till he gets to 10. And I got the beast, Michael Mayer. If we can't use Michael Mayer on third and 10 to get 11 yards, why the hell did we draft him? Last year, there were too many checkdowns at Allegiant Stadium. Too many give-ups on third down. From Bo Hardegree and especially Josh McDaniels, it was deflating. Can't believe we're going on this rant. Until That's what's good about this. You get a caller or you read something. I love it. So do you all agree with me? Let's get some Jim Plunkett into this building where Jim Plunkett on third and 12 threw it 14 yards. That's what I want to see. It's not hard to do. In this league, Lamar Jackson checked down in the AFC Championship game. Lamar Jackson at home with the trip to the Super Bowl was checking down. So what's my big, big problem with the check down? You're giving up. In this league, they're throwing flags. On this squad, we have Devontae Adams, Trey Tucker, Jacoby Myers, and Michael Mayer. No more check downs. We are the aggressive Raiders, built in the pride and poise of Al Davis. We take the top off when we want to. We don't dictate what the team says. We only check down when we're up against the end zone. We know we're going to punt. We don't get to get cute. We only get cute on third and 14, and we're on our own four-yard line. Don't want to get cute. We'll punt. We got A.J. Cole. We got A.J. But we're near midfield with Antonio Pierce. This guy's going to go for it. Antonio Pierce is going to say, we are going for it. And more fourth down, please. Not the Dan Campbell white doodle stuff. Not Dan Campbell crazy, crazy town stuff. But I'm talking about fourth down midfield, let's go. We got Max Crosby. We got Malcolm Koontz. We can get a stop. And who's going to be that OC? That's what I'm looking forward to seeing. And Glenn Harrison made a great point. The O-line needs to give time, though. You are right, Glenn. You are right. That's why I believe over at the Senior Bowl, I don't want a rookie right tackle. A rookie. Took Colt Miller a few years. He's really good. I'd like to see a veteran, honored, Pro Bowl, former Pro Bowler right tackle opposite of Colt Miller and a quarterback who's going to throw the ball to the chains. That felt good. That felt good before I get on my plane. How's the Pineapple Express 
and the weather. We haven't looked outside, as you can see. We're in a kind of a dark room here. What's the Pineapple Express look like as I'm heading to the OC? All right, when we come back, we got two great guests. I'm going to say goodbye to our friends on the YouTube because I just ranted out. Uh, we'll see you next time. I appreciate that. Harry Ruiz in tomorrow for me. Thanks to everybody on our YouTube live stream. JT the Brick YT is where you can also participate. I'll jump into the chat before we come back. We'd like to thank Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers, One Love. A lot of people around town are going to see all these activations from Raisin Cane's. They have a lot going on here. People are going to come to Vegas and go, I've never had these great chicken fingers. I've never had the slaw, the buttery Texas toast. Oh, you got it. Raisin Cane's throughout the valley with more stores opening up. All right, when we come back, Johnny Katz on the Super Bowl parties, the Grateful Dead, Dead and Company at the Sphere. What else is going on in town? We got it all covered up. If you're looking for a Super Bowl party, we got connections at Resorts World, uh, my friends at Virgin. We got great things at Mandalay Bay where Don King said the flying fishes play. We'll be at Caesars at Cafe Americano. And there's going to be a lot of free parties in town. Johnny Katz will tell you about that coming up here on the other side. Nice job today, Danny. Danny's on the board for Bobby. Hopefully Bobby is back tomorrow. And, yes, thanks to everybody who joined us in the live stream. Thank you very much. That's been fun. Been very rewarding the last couple of weeks to see some friends there online and do the radio show and do the rants and do all of that. Uh, Vinny B and Johnny Katz on the other side on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by M Resort Spawn Casino, the official hotel of the Las Vegas Raiders. JT, back with you. We got Johnny Katz? Wow, we do. From the Las Vegas Review Journal, Mr. Entertainment. All right, Johnny Katz, this is a big week for you because, you know, what I love about our friendship is we bump into each other randomly, and then when we know where we're going to something together, we reach out to each other. But right. I can't, I cannot keep track of you this time around. From Hakkasan to Omnia to the Foundation Room to the Circa Pool, I mean, what's your life look like the next 10 days? Well, um, <laughs> we're, we've just been meeting about that uh, today to try and uh, throw a lasso around all these events. It's, uh, it's an unprecedented time, let's face it. But I will be, um, you know, I'll be doing uh, some of the club stuff during the week, next week, uh, as, the, as the Super Bowl approaches. I'm probably going to be at Gronk Beach with uh, Rob Gronkowski, for example, on uh, uh, mm. February 10th, Friday, uh, with uh, Shaq at his party, uh, his carnival at Excess Nightclub that night. Um, you know, the Raider party, the dinner party that they're doing at Fountain Blue, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll be a part of that, that uh, Mark Davis is hosting. Uh, the Commissioner's party on the, on the 10th, I'll probably swing in there. We have our friends David Carrico and the Raider House Band involved there uh, at the Wynn. <laughs> um, what else can I tell you? Maybe going into Volta no. to see Christina Aguilera. Um, you know, it's just on and on and on. We're, I'm putting it all together now, but that's the kind of stuff we're looking at. You know, Zed opens, if you're a DJ fan, a superstar at Omnia nightclub on February 10th. That's his first appearance there in three years. He's a huge star in the, in the industry. And Calvin Harris on Super Bowl night after the game debuts his residency at uh, Live nightclub at Fountain Blue, and he's as big as they get in, in the, uh, in the uh, uh, DJ superstar uh, mm -hmm. community. So that's just kind of a start right there. <laughs> wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. what, what's interesting about this, Johnny Katz joins us from the Review Journal. What I what, What's interesting about all the Super Bowls I went to, so if we went to Dallas 
or we went to Tampa Bay, they didn't have nightclubs. They didn't. Mm-hmm. They had strip clubs back in the day that people went to in Atlanta, and, and they didn't have <laughs> nightclubs like we have in Vegas. So it was like, what's the best lounge? And you, always for Super Bowl for me was, what's the biggest hotel, the NFL hotel, where most of the Hall of Famers were? What, were, what are the lounges like there? And you try to just find a relative place in Fort Worth or Dallas that wasn't something that was exploding like a Shaq Funhouse or the things you're talking about. Now at Vegas, there are so many options, but it's going to outprice many people that are listening to us that can't afford to go to some of these super, super high-end nightclubs. So what do you think Vegas is going to do with uh, kind of bringing the price down for the Kansas City fans and the Niner fans and the locals who want to go have a good time? The, everybody's having a viewing party, man. Everybody is having something going on. I just saw a release the other day for El Cortez's viewing party on, on uh, Fremont Street. You know, the Fremont Street experience will be activated. There, I think that there will be more... Um, more opportunity for, for people up and down the, the price scale to enjoy the Super Bowl in Las Vegas than, than we realize. <clears throat> I, I, I think that's going to be the case. I think there'll be a lot of watch parties. I mm-hmm. think there, you know, a lot of places will be will be enjoying the game. This is a lot like, uh, you know, it's a lot like the Super Bowl has been for a lot mm-hmm. of people without the game here. You know, we still have all the all the infrastructure of the events. You know, people were coming to Las Vegas when the game wasn't. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoy, you know, we've been to those parties. Um, and, uh, so, you know, it's, it's hard to anticipate, you know, and it, because right now we're focused on, for, from my position on the newsmakers, you know, we're focused on the top end people who are coming in here that, that are going to make the city blow up. And that means, you know, some of the folks I just mentioned, you know, anything about, I hate to say it, anything about Taylor Swift right now is, is news, anything with that woman. And so we have to keep track of her and what you know what's you know what her plans are going to be how she's going to make it what her influence uh, you know on the event is going to be like this is a harmonic convergence of nfl yes. super bowl las vegas and the hottest pop star of her generation all on the same day it's it's a lot um, yeah so i don't know how else to say it <laughs> uh, no i'm happy you said that because i don't do a lot of taylor swift radio but I Mm -hmm. I talk about her because it infuriates me that the Chiefs are benefiting from this great pop star. You know, I (laughs) I wish the Raiders did, right? If she was uh, dating Jimmy G, who's a very handsome man, made the Summerlin housewives swoon. Think of what, and the Raiders went to the Super Bowl. I'd be into it more, but I have never seen a generational superstar ever. I'm talking ever that moved the needle that much for one team and a sport. You'd have to go back to Madonna when she broke initially. She's Mm -hmm. dating Sean Penn. That doesn't change football. Then you go back to the Beatles. You go back to whoever it is. Beatles are in London. They don't care about NFL football. Johnny Katz, I've never seen anything like it. I believe, and I know this to be true, she's bringing millions upon millions of new NFL fans in. No question about it. And and Roger Goodell said that at uh, at the welcoming event. Uh, over at the uh, convention center West Hall when you had that sit down um, and, and was telling, was talking about Taylor. So the, the league has noticed a new uh, generation of fan and a new type of fan because of Taylor Swift. And that can't be uh, discounted. We have a lot of people. I don't think it's any accident that they put the Chiefs playoff game on pay-per-view, you know, <laughs> because yeah. they knew the Swifties would come over and pay to see her, you know, when they played the Dolphins. I think it was a Dolphins game. 
And, um, you know, that, that is part of the impact. And you look at Taylor Swift, like she created um, a, a fashion superstar with Kyle Juszczyk's yeah. uh, wife from the mm-hmm. 49ers when she wore her jacket. She created a new superstar in the fashion industry just by what she wore to, the, to her um, boyfriend's game. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Now, now this woman is a licensed NFL uh, fashion designer <laughs> coming into the Super Bowl or yeah. her boyfriend or her, I'm sorry, her husband's playing. So it goes on and on and on. Did you sl- um, did, yeah. And you said, right. You, you said it's a perfect storm. Johnny Katz is our guest from the review journal. Uh, one issue I have is I'm trying to catch a flight after the show. I'm worried about the cones. We and you, we talk about the infrastructure mm-hmm. of F1. I don't go down mm-hmm. to the strip much unless there's something big I have planned. And all the strip workers who were angered by F1 because they couldn't get to work. And that really yeah. was a big problem. And you, you led that story and talked about that. Super Bowl is not so much the case, but with Dropicana, the construction on 15, the teardown of F1, the cones that I'm seeing even out in deep Summerlin and deep Henderson, what's going on here? Because I know the governor and the host committee and everybody wants this thing buttoned up pretty quickly so we don't have a reputation of traffic, which we normally don't have in the city. Yeah, I, I, well, it's it's ongoing. You know, you mentioned Summerlin. I live downtown. We, we're overrun with orange there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, when is it going to be over? When, when are we going to get back to at least some cycle of normalcy in the city? And we don't have that exact answer as far as valley-wide. You know, I, I know Mayor Goodman has talked a lot about widening Interstate 15 going mm-hmm. into Southern California and L.A. We need to focus on this inside out. We need to get an infrastructure traffic answer uh, in our neighborhoods as much as we do with Interstate 15 coming in and out of L.A. Because this is day-to-day, uh, you know, a day-to-day problem everywhere. You can't drive across this city uh, unimpeded right now. And that's in part because of Formula One. It's in part because of what is being planned for the staging of the Super Bowl. And part of it is just part of our growth as a city. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, there's no answer to it other than, you know, (laughs) we've had uh, mayoral candidates out there, you know, um, talking about taking office. I would Mm -hmm. say pre-advice is come up with an answer to our (laughs) short and long-term transportation infrastructure issues in the city. Start there because that affects Everybody, and they're gonna. I mean, hear there's some Uber ga- a gouging coming up, and I, the last the last thing I want to wrap this up with because you've always told the truth about where the city's going. I hope the city doesn't gouge everybody who comes in for Super Bowl. And I know bottle service will go up, and you know what it's how tough it is to get into these parties and a ticket. I'm not talking about a Super Bowl ticket. They're supposed to be overpriced because it's a Super Bowl. I just hope we don't use F1 in the Super Bowl in years to come to gouge the locals and others because I know Mark Davis's philosophy in not doing that with Raider Nation, and I know some other casino corridor owners, casino owners, that don't want to do it, but they have to do it because their companies are publicly traded and they make money. I just hope that we can keep the locals in mind here for the watch parties and everything that's happening here because they deserve it because a lot of people are coming here to visit. The locals deserve a party too. Yeah, and, and you've hit on, on what is going to be a uh, uh, an angle for national and even international media coming into Las Vegas. You know, we have all these people, thousands upon thousands from around the world looking for something to write about and the price of whatever is going to be one of those stories. You know, uh, it's every time you turn around, man, it's some kind of fee anymore in Las Vegas and people are getting, a, you know, a little mm-hmm. tired of it. The pendulum has to swing back. You know, when it, it's it's the tax, it's the surtax, it's the tip, it's the $10 to take money out of a machine. 
you know, it's the pay to park. Mm. Uh, it's all of that. It's the resorts fees we've talked about. Um, we need to mellow out a little bit. We need to understand that this it might you might be making more on that particular transaction, but it's extremely counterintuitive mm. over the long term when you're trying to sell in uh, Las Vegas as an international yeah. tourism destination. You don't need thousands of journalists coming into Las Vegas and talking about how Great point. they're going to gouge you. That is not a good message. Yeah, well, JOD doesn't gouge me at the bar. You know, I, the John, there's no John O'Donnell him. tax. I gouge him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend, let's uh, text over the weekend and see what next week looks like. And I know you'll be the man about town. We'll be following everything on social media. I'm ready to rock, man. I'm Thank excited you, about this. Righteous, right. take care. There's Johnny Katz from the Review Journal. For those outside of town, he's the entertainment reporter here in town. And we like to have money. He's a good friend of the show. And it's going to be chaos, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But he made a key point. There will be local watch parties everywhere. So find your favorite spot. Get in there. If it's $80 to watch the Super Bowl and it's an all-you-can-eat buffet or there's something like that, go to, go to the spot you like the most. Go to the spot you like the most and go have some fun there and embrace the Super Bowl as some people want to get out of town and say, hey, I don't want to be around for this. I don't want to be around in town for F1. I'm the opposite. I want to get into this. I want to be a part of this. Life is short. Embrace the great moments. We don't complain a lot on this when it comes to a party. We like parties. We like to go to where the entertainment is. The entertainment is in Las Vegas year-round, but it's getting ready for the Super Bowl. Vinny Bonsignor, when we come back, we'll go to the Senior Bowl. Really looking forward to this conversation. Uh, Vinny knows a lot about what's happening with some of the prospects that could be on the Raiders' radar with a high draft pick at 13. We'll go out to Mobile. Vinny Bonsignor joins us coming up next, brought to you by Resorts World, home of Doghouse Saloon. And their great sports book, all there in one spot. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Michael E. Minden at the Fashion Show Mall. Better quality and lower prices. JT, back with you. I've been thrilled to talk to Vinny Bonsignor over the years, and I love his senior ball hits. We get a lot of knowledge out of him as Vinny's kind enough to join us down there. And Vinny... You're putting out a lot of good content there, not only on radio, your social media. Where do you rank the senior bowl for you when it comes to the talent over the last couple of years? Yeah, um, you know, uh, I go back to 2020 with that quarterback class, and, you know, you had, you had Jordan Love, you had Justin Herbert, you had Justin Fields. This quarterback class here, anyway, uh, there's a whole group of quarterbacks that's, that's, obvious not, that, that's obviously not here. Uh, this quarterback class probably from top to bottom doesn't, doesn't stack up. Uh, against that group, but uh, but I'll tell you what, Michael Penix from Washington is certainly uh, opening up some eyes uh, this week, and, and rightfully so, with with how he's been able to uh, command the national team offense during practice. Um, he showed a live arm, accuracy, velocity. Uh, had a really strong day today in the uh, in, in red zone drills. So um, you know, I think if you're talking about the best quarterback in this in the in this in this uh, you know senior bowl, I think you go to Michael Penix. But overall, uh, there's just talent everywhere you look. Uh, really good offensive linemen, really good defensive linemen, linebackers, cornerbacks. Um, everywhere you look, it's kind of a smorgasbord uh, of, of talented football players. So it never ends. The cycle always uh, keeps churning out really good players, and this year is no different than than the rest. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest. So it seems to be Jaden Daniels and Drake May and obviously Caleb Williams. When you're just in those scrums and with media and friends of yours there, is everybody talking about Penix and Bo Nix together, like separated by one pick, five picks, eight picks? Because the Raiders are at 13. One of those guys 
I would think would be available unless everyone panics on the quarterback, which is something they do, and they want to trade up to get panics because they think he's a top-10 player. Yeah, and don't forget J.J. McCarthy as well. Yes. Um, he, mm-hmm. He's somebody that, uh, that, that I think slots right there with, with a Michael Penix and, and a Bo Nix. And, and quite frankly, um, I feel like Bo Nix, he had a kind of a bounce back day today, um, you know, on day three, but, but the first couple of days felt like uh, a little bit of a struggle for him. Um, you know, uh, and it happens, uh, you know, uh, you just sometimes have, have some bad days, uh, you know, but I felt like, I feel like the arm strength and, and just the dy- dy- dynamic throwing ability favored uh, Michael Penix more than Bo, uh, Bo Nix. I felt like, his athletic ability um, hasn't yet, you know, flashed the way the way I thought it would. Maybe that's, you know, one of those things that uh, when when you turn the uh, the game lights on on Saturday and, and moving forward, maybe that's when it's going to jump out at you. Um, but I feel like t- at least this week, Michael Penix took a few steps ahead mm. uh, of Bo Nix. What do you like about Bo Nix? I mean, some of the fluttering deep balls or the ability to run. How physically is people talk about the age? They're roughly the same age. I think both going on twenty four before the start of the season. Give give me an obvious difference between Bo Nix and Michael Penix. Yeah, I think I think based on this week, the arm strength um, is definitely um, in the corner of, of, of Michael Penix. Um, you know, there were you know there were some floaters, uh, some underthrows uh, by Bo Nix. Uh, the the accuracy wasn't 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 there uh, on a consistent enough basis. Uh, and again, you know, that athletic ability and, and, you know, I feel like he's a better athlete than he showed here uh, in Mobile, Alabama. But, um, you know, that's a big part of his game. And uh, if that doesn't necessarily translate to the next level, uh, I think that's a little bit problematic for him. But, you know, there's 32 teams and it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how how the entire league uh, assesses him, assesses Bo Nix. And it only mm-hmm. takes one or two uh, to really fall in love with you and maybe see what may Maybe we're not seeing necessarily. Um, he is somebody that that has played in a few different offenses. You know, he went to Auburn to start out with. Uh, you know, then he ended up in Oregon. Uh, I feel like his his play started getting better, started leveling um, to, in the right way when he had more experience uh, in Dan Landing Landing's offense. Mm-hmm. So you know, he, he he's probably going to benefit going someplace where they're able to maintain the offensive coordinator and maintain the offensive vision. And give him a couple of years to really, you know, get knee deep in that offense. I think that's that's something that uh, that that would benefit him. Whereas a Michael Penix, you know, yeah. the big question about Michael Penix is the injuries. Yeah. He's had two serious knee injuries. Um, yeah. You know, uh, there, there were shoulder. a couple of other shoulder. Yeah, the, the shoulder issue as well. I think he, he, there were three seasons that he was not able to finish. You know, because of the injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked to him about that yesterday. Um, you know, uh, and it's going to be a subject that keeps coming up during this process. Teams are going to want to know about his health. He says he feels uh, great and is as healthy as he's ever been and has completed two seasons uh, without any kind of health considerations. But the thing is, you know, team doctors are going to take a look at all of that, that history, all those x-rays, uh, and they're going to make a determination on, you know, is this a player, a five-year player, a 10-year player? Um, you know, and, and I think that'll go a long way toward, Sort of deciding where he's going to fit in the uh, in the draft, yeah. but I think talent-wise, if you take the if you take the you know probably the age a little bit too, he'll be 24 yeah. years old next year, uh, and the injuries out of it, I think he's decisively a first-round pick. But those, those uh, mm-hmm. whatever images and the X-rays that that teams when they get their hands on all that, I think that's going to play a big factor in where he ultimately gets drafted. Vinny B. Jones, just as we wrap it up, right tackle, right tackle. I like a veteran 
who's been a pro bowler, who's got years left, even if you have to overpay him a bit, I'm, I'm really hot on that topic this offseason. Or do you see some right tackles there that are first-round grades or maybe second-round grades that you can throw into the fire? Because we know Tom Telesco likes to build an offensive line. Yeah, and there's, there's, a, there's a bunch of good uh, linemen out good. here off the top. Uh, Tyler Guyton from uh, Oklahoma, just a massive human being at, at five, uh, well over 300 pounds, but moves uh, incredibly well. They did a uh, they had a little fun drill at the end of uh, the the, North, the American teams practice just a couple minutes ago, where they had the offensive linemen catching footballs in the end zone. Um, so it was, it was it was it was pretty cool to watch some of these big guys get out there and show some of that athletic ability. And Tyler Guyton. Uh, is, is somebody that has flashed in that regard uh, in terms of in terms of the athletic ability. Uh, Tylaisi uh, Fuaga from uh, Oregon State. Uh, he got dinged a little bit uh, in the early practice today, so he sat out uh, uh, day three, most of day three. But boy, I tell you what, day one and day two, uh, he was a dominant force, um, and I, he looks like somebody that can absolutely play right tackle. Uh, probably day one, and both of those players um, are being mentioned as first round picks. There's there's some others. Joe Alt from Notre Dame um, is going to be, you know, a, a, a fringe, maybe top ten player, but could fall to the Raiders at thirteen. He's somebody that that I think that any program uh, would like to have. So whether you're talking about here or some of the top top guys that that didn't make it out to the Senior Bowl, um, this is a really good offensive line draft. Excellent. Hey Vinny, I know it's it's St. Elmo's at the Combine in Indy. What do you do in Mobile? Where's the restaurants? Where's the good grub? What do you do? Where does everyone get together for a beverage? Yeah, well, uh, Veets is a, is a place that everybody hangs out at. You know, uh, downtown Mobile is, is, first of all, it's Mardi Gras right now. So, uh, and they, they mm-hmm. will tell you out here in Mobile, Alabama, forget everything about what you hear about New Orleans. This is where Mardi Gras started. So, they, I mean, it's literally, I was talking to some of the college students at South Alabama. Um, uh, one student said, and literally, there's a meteorite that, that hit not far from campus, you know, and, and they're like, yeah, you're going to class. Mardi Gras? We don't have to go to class. So that tells you how important Mardi Gras is in this neck of the woods, part of the uh, part of America. Um, so uh, Dolphin Street is, is one of the classic streets down here. There's any kind of all kinds of great food, seafood restaurants, bars, uh, nightlife. So it's a, it's a lot of fun. Excellent. Uh, Vinny, tell us about your partners, especially heading into Super Bowl. Yeah, without question. Uh, Dos Canos Tequila, uh, we always mention this. Go check them out over at Senior Frogs uh, over at the Treasure Island Hotel. Two-for-one specials every day with Dos Canos Tequila. If you're not here in Las Vegas uh, and you want to uh, load up for the uh, for the Super Bowl party, uh, just go to doscanosspirits.com, punch in the code word kickoff, and get 20% off your next online purchase of Dos Canos Tequila. Well, when do you get back? What's your schedule look like? I'll be back on Saturday, and uh, there's there's a big event coming next week. So uh, in Las Vegas, so uh, no rest for the weary. We'll get uh, we'll get we'll get right uh, started, you know, with the yep. Super Bowl uh, within a day or so. Looking forward to it. Safe well. travels back, Vinny. Thank you. Thank you, JT. You got it. There he is, Vinny Bonsignor, and happy we talked to him live from the Senior Bowl as he tweeted out three straight excellent throws for Bo Nix for touchdowns in seven on seven. Seems like a very good topic that'll be big on this show going forward. The quarterback position for the Raiders. And believe me, Aiden Aiden O'Connell should not be offended, nor is he. The times I've met Aiden, really good young man, faith guy. First one in, last to leave. Everything we say about Aiden O'Connell is done with all due respect. All due respect when we talk about the quarterbacks. I covered Derek's entire nine years here. We talked about quarterbacks in the offseason. Derek would listen. 
Derek knew he had the job. Derek was pretty sure he was going to be the starter after year one, year two, year five, year seven, year eight. And then the new regime came in, gave him a year. They didn't think he was worth going with in the future. That was their opinion. Derek went to New Orleans. Very bumpy ride for Derek in New Orleans. Very surprised by that. The one team, there were two teams I thought I'd make that make the playoffs easy. Easy by winning the division. Jacksonville and New Orleans both missed the playoffs. Trevor Lawrence and Derek Carr. They had divisions that they should have been able to win. They weren't able to do that. So those teams were a bit disappointing. Danny, thanks for stepping up for Bobby. I'll be back on Monday. We'll be live from Radio Row at noon. Be down there a little bit earlier. And then all next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we're at the Mandalay Bay Convention Center. That's where the Fan Fest is. If you got kids in town, you want to bring them there, always fun to do that. Remember, bring the kids in this community out to the Super Bowl. Let them throw a ball around. Let them see the stadium. Let them see the Mandalay Bay Convention Center. Try to get involved with all of that, and we'll talk to you next week and have a lot to get into here. I think it's going to be fun. I don't know if the Raiders will make an announcement tomorrow on the OC. If they're waiting for Kubiak of the Niners after the Super Bowl, they could be, but hopefully the station will break the news first when it comes out, and it could happen at any time. That's really the last hurdle for the Raiders. Who's going to be the OC and who's going to build out the rest of that staff, the offense, is a work in progress. The defense looks really good with Patrick Graham, Antonio Pierce, Marvin Lewis involved, the coaches that are remaining. I'm excited about that. Off to the OC for a quick 24 hours in Orange County, flying towards the Pineapple Express, which I hope will uh, calm down a little bit there, and we'll be back on Saturday. Should be a good weekend here in town, and then the calm before the storm. Calm before the storm, as a lot of people are coming into town, not with Super Bowl tickets. The majority of the people coming here on airplanes do not have a ticket. <laughs> Wait till they see the price of the walk-in for a Super Bowl ticket. For those who are going, you're pretty lucky overall, no doubt about that. So thanks again to Danny for running the show, Vinny Bonsignor, uh, Johnny Katz, who was able to join us, and Kevin Bollinger from Fox 5. Hey, please check out the live stream. I think we had a big week with that. We gained some subscribers, which is the goal. JT the Brick YT. That's on YouTube. JT the Brick on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Facebook had a big day today. Big, big day today. Have a good weekend, everybody. Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the silver and black in for me tomorrow. Got a lot going on here in the building. Q's coming up next. He's working hard to give you the best coverage from Radio Row, which will be a home run and proud for our station and our group to be there front and center as the world comes to Vegas for the Super Bowl starting next week.